Welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Today's quote comes from Dr. Sarah Hallberg. It's more than just calories. It's more than just weight loss. Well, hello there, Keto Camper. Grateful to have you on this episode today. My name is Ben Azadi. I am the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. On today's podcast, we have an amazing doctor who's doing such great work out in this world, putting a dent in disease, specifically type 2 diabetes, Dr. Sarah Hallberg. On this episode, she's going to talk about low-carbohydrate ketogenic diets for this disease and reversing this disease and how many conventional doctors will say there's just not enough solid research on using a ketogenic diet for diabetes and she does a hell of a job disproving that because it's not a fact. There is tons of research out there, solid research that she goes over, many of them on this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So this is one of those episodes if you have type 2 diabetes or you know somebody who has type 2 diabetes, you have to share this with them and have them share this with their doctor because the studies that she references are solid research to the benefits of using a well-formulated, low-carbohydrate, ketogenic diet for this disease. And she talks about the goal is not weight loss. The goal is not calories. The goal is reversing the disease. But a nice side effect is you'll lose some weight. And she references that 80% of her patients have lost weight and kept it off. She debunks the claim that how will you have energy if you're not eating carbohydrates? That's a common complaint that people say is how will I be able to function? How will I be able to have sustainable energy levels if I'm eating low carbohydrates? And she'll break down the answer, which is simple. You already know this keto campus because you're very smart. When you don't, eat carbohydrates, you start tapping into your fat stores and your liver produces the ketones, which gives you actually more energy than that glucose roller coaster ride. So she'll talk about that and so much more. Before I get to this episode with Dr. Sarah Hallberg, she's actually been on the podcast before. So make sure you go check out that episode. I'll put a link for that in the notes. Before she comes on again, I want to let you know that, that we are almost full for the founding member special of the Keto Camp Academy. Speaking of diabetes, we have an, a section in the Keto Camp Academy designed to teach you everything I've learned over the years about this disease. And if you don't know my story, my story is that my father suffered with type 2 diabetes for most of my life and it ended up taking his life, the complications of diabetes ended up taking my father's life several years ago, which got me really invested in learning and understanding what happened to my dad, what's happening to the world, how can I make a difference here? And that's my why. I do this for my father. I do this to educate 1 billion people on planet Earth. That's our mission here at Keto Camp. So in the Keto Camp Academy, there's a section all about diabetes, but not just that. There's a section about sleep, fat loss, keto for both beginners or advanced, fasting both beginners and advanced, self-development. You also get a monthly coaching call with me. You get meal plans. You get complete support. This is a one-stop shop here for all things perfect health. So if you want to get in at that founding member special before it is at capacity, the normal price is $39 per month. But right now, if you're listening to this in time and you take action, if you head over to ketocampacademy.com, 
you could get locked in at $27 per month, cancel any time. So if you are committed to getting healthier, to feeling better, to living a long, healthy life, then the Academy is for you. I want you in there. I want the committed in there. Head over to ketocampacademy.com to learn more. Before I get Sarah on the show, if this episode is helpful to you, please leave it a rating and review on Apple Podcast. And if you're on Instagram, post, take a screenshot and post it on your story, post it on your profile, tag me in it. My Instagram handle is at thebenazadi, T-H-E-B-N-A-Z-A-D-I. And I'll be sure to see that and share it on my story and we'll get some other keto campers following you back. Use the hashtag KetoCamp or Keto Campers and I'll be sure to see that. All right, let's get into this episode with the amazing Dr. Sarah Hallberg. So what are the benefits outside of diabetes reversal when it comes to a low-carbohydrate, high-fat, well-formulated ketogenic diet? Well, we're kind of just scratching the surface, I think. And it's really exciting to see what the next five years or so of research is going to show us. But we know that it benefits the um, diseases that are darker. Um, The ones that are lighter are ones where we're just starting to see the emerging science come. What comes next we are really looking forward to seeing. So it's not just one thing either. This is something that can be applied to many of the things our patients suffer from. And I like to talk about this. Are our patients going to have no energy? Because this is a pushback we get all the time, right? They need carbohydrates to have any energy. Well, wait a minute. When they're restricting carbohydrates, their insulin goes down, and then they're consuming fat and also using the fat that they have stored. What happens to it? In the liver, it gets converted into ketone bodies, a wonderful source of energy again. In fact, a preferred source for some really important parts of us. So again, when we get that idea that, well, I'm not gonna have any energy or I'm tired if I don't eat carbohydrates, you know, actually when we start making those ketone bodies, you get that more consistent energy, not the peaks and troughs that we see with um, carbohydrates. And so the science about this says, let's just go through a few of the studies, and I'm going to do it pretty quickly here again in the, um, uh, for the sake of time. But again, this is one I really like because this was two-year randomized control trial, um, really overall a good end group, but I'm interested in the subset of the, these patients who also had diabetes. So this was, again, a low-carbohydrate, a Mediterranean, and a low-fat diet. And so... Uh, Important to point out here again that when we talk about the low-fat diet, it was calorie-restricted. When we talk about the Mediterranean diet, it was calorie-restricted. But as we all know, and I'll say once again, the thing is when we choose a low-carbohydrate approach, we can do that without telling people that they have to calorie-restrict. So what happened? So when it comes to weight change, I'm sure that doesn't surprise anyone that the low-carbohydrate group did better. And in the people with diabetes, what we saw is the Mediterranean diet had the lowest fasting glucose. Now, does that surprise anyone who's had any experience here? No, because oftentimes when we do low-carbohydrate, right, the fastings become the highest of the day, all right? So to interpret this test, or excuse me, this study to anyone who doesn't work with patients like this often, you have to say, wait a minute, the Mediterranean being the lowest of the day is actually not a surprise to us. But take a look at the A1C. Again, the A1C at 24 months was only significant in the low carb group. 
okay? So again, going back to the idea that generally speaking, we have low carbs, we can see a higher, not, not high, higher blood sugar in the morning, and it drops during the day with their dietary compliance. And how about this study? This is another wonderful one, because this was a metabolic ward study. And I like to talk about this study in people who think that they're going to have to wait a long time for results to occur. Because again, this was a three-week study. And one week of it, they were doing their standard diet. Only two weeks were they doing, once again, a true low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet, restricting under 20 grams a day, but once again, not calorie-restricting. And what happens? I mean, look how quickly this changes. Glucose and insulin, the two big problems with type 2 diabetes. Elevated glucose, elevated insulin, okay? And we can impact those and fast. So here's another one, a wonderful study by Laura Saslow, again, looking at uh, moderate carbohydrate, which is what the ADA typical diet, uh, versus low carbohydrate, a true low carbohydrate diet. And once again, what happens? We see that the low carbohydrate diet does better for A1C and also for weight, and without the calorie restriction. So this is another one out of Laura Saslow's uh, lab, and this is an online intervention. So doing the counseling uh, virtually. Very low carbohydrate ketogenic diet versus the MyPlate from the ADA. And once again, this is really an interesting thing. So she randomized this trial, right? But everyone see the dropout rate here? No one dropped out in the intervention group and almost 40% in the control group, okay? Because they were getting and signed up for this hoping that they were gonna get something that actually worked, right? This right here is a really good example of why there is a problem with randomization in nutrition trials, okay? Because patients want to do something that's gonna work. And I'm sure that most of the people who signed up for this trial had heard really good success from someone with a low carbohydrate approach. So it, it's just a, wanted to point that out, important to rethink the way that we may uh, structure our long-term, at least, trials. So what happened, though? Still, the intervention group did much better, okay? Low-carbohydrate diets definitely work over standard of care. I think we can all pretty much agree on that. All right, so this is an interesting one because this is actually a two-year, so very good uh, length of time, comparing a low-carbohydrate diet um, to a high-carbohydrate diet. But the low-carbohydrate diet, they also tried to do low-saturated fat. And I won't get into the, all the details of why I disagree with that as the diet premise to begin with. Um, but at two years, there wasn't a difference in A1C, which doesn't surprise me trying to do it low saturated fat. But really important, even given that, okay, what we find at two years is that the glucose variability is significantly decreased in the low carbohydrate group. And glucose variability has become a real hot topic in the world of diabetes because what we found is the more variable your glucose is during the day, the worse the outcomes. So lowering glucose variability and the low-carbohydrate diet group at the end was also on fewer medications. So despite the fact that the A1Cs were the same, we had some really meaningful changes here as well. 
Um, okay, so, oh yes, this is one, uh, Eric Westman's uh, study looking at a low-carbohydrate diet compared to a low-glycemic index diet. And once again, because we presume a low-glycemic index diet is what, the healthy carbs? that whole healthy carb idea again. But when you compare it to a low carbohydrate diet, low carbohydrate diet does much better. Not only in the glucose control, but more medications being reduced as well. So it's not just a study here or there, it's many studies. Um, and it's meta-analyses of those studies. I mean, we have evidence that we can back out of this epidemic. And I'm going to, uh, please forgive me for anyone who's heard me read this before, okay? But I just think this is such an important study. I try to work it into all my talks. So everyone just l sit back and listen to me. Don't, don't look at it. Close your eyes, if you will. This study is from 1976, okay? Hyperinsulinism will tend to establish a positive caloric balance in adipose tissue. As insulin favors glucose and triglyceride uptake, while inhibiting mobilization of fat. The realization that hyperinsulinism converts adipose tissue into a sink for calories implies that weight-reducing regimens should be specifically designed to allow a sharp fall in insulin levels. Thus, the avoidance of carbohydrates assumes special importance in the fasting ob obese. Given this trend towards hyperinsulinism, not only because of the anabolic effect of insulin on adipose tissue, but because hyperinsulinemia per se produces insulin resistance. What if we listened to that before the epidemic? That was 1976 that was around. 1976. Again, we just go back and say, we got so out of control. Stop. Let's go back to what we used to know. So is there science, right? Wait a minute. We hear again the eating patterns that have been around for type 2 diabetes are what? Plant-based, DASH, and Mediterranean. So we got low carbohydrate creeping up. Is there really enough evidence to support that? 20 randomized controlled trials, five meta-analysis, 10 other published trials. And how does that stack up to those old traditional recommended eating patterns? Here's how it stacks up, okay? This is what is in the literature, all right? So the idea that there's not enough evidence to recommend a low-carbohydrate diet approach for type 2 diabetes, that is not a point of fact, okay? That is not a point of fact in comparison, for sure, against the other uh, eating patterns that have been recommended. Okay, so again, um, some of you may have heard us talk about this, um, our trial that we have that continues. Um, these are going to be a summary of the one-year results, and I'm really excited to report today that um, we have just finished the two-year paper. So. Um, Hopefully, we will see that getting published soon. Um, and from one year to two year, the summary big picture thing is what we're excited to show in the two-year paper is the sustainability of the results. So this is a five-year non-randomized. Again, as I was talking about before, some of the problems with randomization and not allowing patients to take a choice um, is really important when we consider um, setting up nutrition trials in the future. Um, but it was a really large N. And the results I'm going to show you here are for the 262 patients in the trial who had type 2 diabetes. We will be submitting a paper uh, looking at just the patients with prediabetes. So 262 patients with type 2 diabetes um, and almost 100 controls. 
Um, oh, one thing to point out too is that the mean time that these patients had type 2 diabetes was over eight years. So if you actually go back and look at any in nutrition intervention trial for type 2 diabetes, what you find is that most of them pick newly diagnosed diabetes because it's easier to deal with people who have just been newly diagnosed. Not only um, did we not do that, the other thing we did is we took people who were on insulin, which is, which is oftentimes um, an exclusion criteria for other trials. So these were hardly cherry-picked patients, okay? They were morbidly obese, they had diabetes for a very long time, and many of them were on insulin. So how did they do? They did great, and 60% of the completers had their type 2 diabetes reversed at a year. So that's a lot of people, especially, again, once we're talking about how many people in this country are being impacted. What if we could reach all of them? We would change the epidemic, right? But it's also really... Thank you. <laughs> Um, it's also really important to note for patient satisfaction just how quick this all happens too, right? So again, those people at the 10-week mark, that was impacting their pharmacy bill already, right? Probably, honestly, the next time they went to the pharmacy. And so for patients who have been burdened not only by the health problems with this disease, but by the financial ramifications as well, that's important, right? That they all of a sudden have one less medicine to pick up the next time they go to the pharmacy. Well, there you have it. That was Dr. Sarah Hallberg. I hope that inspired you to share this with somebody you know with this type 2 diabetes, which is reversible no matter what the American Diabetes Association says, or any conventional doctor, you can reverse it. I've seen it time after time if you have the right plan. So please share this with a friend who has this, a family member, somebody you know. The fact of the matter is that 60% of Americans have either diabetes or they are pre-diabetic. And if your doctor is giving you a hard time about the ketogenic diet or eating low carbohydrate for your diabetes, share this with them. You could watch the entire lecture from Dr. Sarah Hallberg on the Jumpstart MD YouTube channel. The title of this talk is Dr. Sarah Hallberg, Type 2 Diabetes Treatment, How Did We Get Here? What's Our Best Path Forward? I will put a link for this exact lecture in the notes of this podcast. It's about an hour long. Go listen to it. Share it with your doctor. Share it with your friends. Let's get the message out there. If you want to learn more about Dr. Sarah Hallberg, Head over to VertaHealth.com, and she is the medical director at VertaHealth. They're doing amazing work over there, so shout out to VertaHealth. I will put a link for them down in the podcast. I'd love for you to be a part of the Keto Camp Academy. We have a growing tribe over there of individuals who are dedicated to getting healthier and supporting each other. Head over to www.KetoCampAcademy.com to learn more about this one-stop shop for all things health. If you're serious about upgrading your keto and fasting results for results that stick long-term, I want to show you the way. We also do a monthly coaching call where you get to ask me questions and I'll answer it for you in the private Facebook group, www.ketocampacademy.com. And if you haven't claimed my free 12-page keto kickstart guide, this is a 12-page ebook designed to teach you how to burn fat instead of sugar. We also talk a little bit about fasting in there. Head over to www.ketokickstartguide.com. Go claim that book for free. 
Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode through. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.